DJ Nation fan, what is up? What's happening? I told you we'd be back. It's part two. We got episode 98 coming at you for the NFL DFS wildcard Sunday slate. Now, you probably just listened to Saturday or if you just wanted to skip ahead to the Sunday goodness, I don't blame you either because um, this slate is going to be lit. It's the DJ Nation pod. You can follow us on Twitter at DJ Nation pod. One of your hosts here, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Ryan Alexander W. Joined by the usual suspect, Mr. Kevin Steele himself, a.k.a child please at fantasy ref 13 is where you can find him and then maddie buckets maddie dfs is where you can find maddie dickinson on twitter joined again yet again he stuck on for the sunday slate show mr Derek brown himself at dbro underscore ffb boys we got to get into this sunday slate i mean we went an hour on the saturday slate uh so you know sundays you know sunday's gonna present itself i can't even i mean we'll be going three hours for this one is, is that is that how that math works out we got a good 45 minute rant by kev for trubisky yep um, I'm gotta sure. Gotta hurry up since he's not in here. If we know if we get this thing going, no, uh, DJ Nation podcast, guys. Uh, if you if you're just listening to this show, uh, we got the NFL playoff challenge. Definitely hit us up on DJ Nation Pod or hit us FF underscore Authority to get in on that action. Uh, Miles Sanders jersey going to the first place winner, and then next week, as we said on the Saturday show, we are giving away that A Rob jersey uh live on the show we'll just have a question for you and that's how we'll give it away so definitely a lot of fun stuff going there hit up the youtube channel see the uh rankings that they've been putting out cody and kev uh this week to get the rankings for the, all the players who are playing on the playoff slate the second slate on this is definitely fun as we get some high implied totals on this slate with the ravens taking on the titans first off and foremost then we got saints going against the bears and Steelers and Browns for the for the trifecta battle there, another divisional game. That should be interesting with all the COVID issues that are popping up. So let's just kind of talk about quarterbacks uh, at the top of the slate. I mean, the first two, the first game that we have is bananas with the Ravens playing the Titans yet again in the playoffs. Uh, for you know, they met in the uh, divisional round last year. Now they meet here on Wild Card Weekend, and Lamar has not had. You know, the Ravens have lost to this Titans team um, two two times now. Uh, the the Titans games have all gone bananas. I mean, I think they've allowed 30 points in nine of their games or something crazy like that. Um, all, their games were going over for a majority of the year. Matt, Matty uh, would talk about it numerous times about how the defense was just horrible and you attack the teams on the other sides against them. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about Lamar Jackson as he comes in at 7,800 rushing quarterback going against this Tennessee Titans team. Uh, how, how are you playing? this how you're stacking them with them and, and for me like I know we talked about the Saturday slate being ugly but for me I think this one is a little bit ugly uglier to me because of this game here I, I do like getting to Ryan Tannehill at 6600 um, I probably will have a lot of Ben Roethlisberger at 6100 just because of all the issues that Cleveland is dealing with they're the late game uh, I love the distribution of targets the run game has been a little bit tough to trust and when we're looking at this team Derek you kind of mentioned offline that Juju Smith-Schuster had popped up with an injury so we could be getting like Chase Claypool Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron has been activated when we get into tight end so love how you can kind of pair him with with those players and you can still get some fantasy goodness from that game elsewhere but it really starts there and, and Maddie you've been the Tennessee Titans guy so I'll kind of let you start it off and kind of tell me how you're playing this slate here as we get into Sunday 
this podcast has been a uh, avid sponsor of, of attacking the Tennessee Titans defense all year. I, I've stacked up ever since like week three. I think I've stacked the Tennessee game every single week just because of how bad their defense is. And I just, man, playing Baltimore, I just don't see how that game just doesn't go nuclear. Like what? Whatever the point total is, I don't, I don't, I haven't even looked. It's probably in the mid fifties. It's too low. I, this game is going to approach seventy points, and it's the first game of the slate, so you're going to know exactly where you stand when the rest of this games break out. Lamar and Tannehill, and I just, I am not going to get cute on this slate. Big Ben has looked awful, and if he's going to crush, I think you can get exposure to him. Same, same as same thing. Kind of thinking for me as you guys were thinking with Russ uh, on the last pod that we had talking about the Saturday slate uh you know if, if Big Ben gets there he usually doesn't bring you know a ton of guys with him because he spreads the ball around and so you know I can maybe pick one or two guys that I you know can just solo out uh and play as one-offs and I don't necessarily need Ben because you know Ryan Tannehill is only 500 more in a game that should be nuclear on both sides of the ball whereas Cleveland and Pittsburgh can be you know that game might be really slow uh, really gross. You know, I don't have a ton of interest there. I think Drew Brees is interesting. I know Kev will talk about Trubisky on the other side of that game. Brees at 5,700, uh, he's just been a 20-point fantasy machine this year. You know, you go look at all the game logs, and I mean, he just regularly puts up 20 points every week, no matter what. You know, against Chicago, the, their corners are banged up. They're, you can definitely throw on them uh, with, with the injuries they have in that secondary. So if you want to get cheap, I think Brees is, is the way that I would go, especially if Kamara is going to miss this game. I think you see heavy reliance on on the passing game uh, with Michael Thomas, Sanders, and uh, Jared Cook. So uh, Kamara's playing. I mean, Kamara himself tweeted out or earlier. Is uh, he going to be eligible? Is that Sunday? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, I still I still think Breeze is a he's a good uh, cheap option. Just put up points all really all year. It's. That, that Saints offense has scored 30, po- 30 plus points consistently. So those are the, really the three guys that I'm going to be on this week. Derek, how are you feeling about, about quarterback uh, on this slate here? Are you going to be trying to figure out ways of getting off of this first game? Or do you think that's where it kind of starts? And- nah, man. I mean, look, Lamar Jackson can just break stuff. Dude's been on a heater since he came back from the COVID list. He's playing out of his mind. And Tennessee, like Maddie's been talking about, their pass defense is terrible. Like, none of these corners you got to worry about. Like, I know Adoree Jackson is back. Um, he actually got in a limited practice and then was downgraded to DMP as of today. So, even got to monitor what he does. But, like, you look at how the secondary can be beat. It's all by speed and by tight ends. Like, at the bottom, it's, it's a perfect feel, perfectly for mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson to crush not only on the ground – but through passing, like since week nine, they're 25th in explosive pass rate allowed. Malcolm Butler can't stay with speed on the outside. Marquise Brown could absolutely dust him. They're 32nd in DVOA against the tight end position. So Lamar could legit throw because this Tennessee Titans team on the other side is good enough to push him to play all freaking game. He could throw three touchdowns and run for another one in this game. So, no, I'm not getting off Lamar. Tannehill's the one that I've got to monitor what happens with it because – Looking at practice supports, and and yet Tennessee has done a lot of crazy shit with their practice supports, like throughout the season. Like they've DMP'd guys all freaking week and then played them. But just looking and trying to read the tea leaves of what we're staring at right now as of recording this, Saffold is not practiced yet this week. Kelly, also their offensive lineman, is not practiced yet this week. AJ Brown was a limited, and now he was downgraded to a DMP. I mean, if the offensive line is going to be 
at less than full strength. If AJ Brown is not going to be playing, then I, I can't play Tannehill. So I, I'm I'm definitely going to monitor that as it goes into the weekend. If all of those guys are in, I think that the other thing that this comes down to with playing Tannehill is what is the strength of, of the Ravens secondary looking like? Like if Jimmy Smith is out, they've been rolling with Anthony Averett on the outside opposite and Humphrey who's banged up as well goes to the slot. A.J. Brown could eat that dude's lunch. So, yeah, I'll have interest in Tannehill. But honestly, man, I mean, honestly, if I'm running three max, it's Lamar. Maddie talked about Breeze. I love Breeze in this spot. The Bears, you could pass on them all freaking day. Um, and actually, the third, depending on what news, is going to depend between Ben and, and Ryan Tannehill for me. Ben, it's been ugly, man. And we talked about this in DMs in weeks past. I've been pissed off at Big Ben. I don't want to play him. He looks terrible. But this Cleveland team – they don't have any healthy guys. Like, everybody's on the freaking COVID list. Like, Denzel right. Ward's <laughs> not going to play. Kevin Johnson, who's terrible in the slot and been playing outside because Ward's been out, he's not going to play. They're down to, like, their, their third, fourth, fifth cornerbacks. Like, MJ Stewart is trash in the slot. Mitchell's been garbage outside. Now they're rolling with, like, a UDFA, like, guy off the street, Robert Jackson on the outside. Like, dear God in heaven. Like, yeah, Ben could find a ceiling here. So... I, really, the two guys that I love is Lamar and Breeze, and the third, it's really kind of kind of depend. And I know I didn't talk about Trubisky, so unfortunately, I'm setting up Kev for like a 30 minute rant about Trubisky. So go ahead, Kev, tell me why I should play him. I don't think you need to play him on this slate. I mean, oh I, my wow. god, what? what the hell just happened? Hey, can you guys hear Kev? Whoa, good. Hey, can you guys that hear? Just happen? Did that just happen? Did that literally just happen? This must be Kev's son talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I love Trubisky. Really Are you really that playing? Child, please. Child, please. That the, the Bears beat the Saints. Like, I want to see the Bears just continue on this run. I want to see Trubisky just, just, just keep rolling. Truth, Bisky, to you. But <clears throat> listen. He's, he, I mean, he's 5,300, but the, the, the way this slate sets up, you just don't really need to go that that low, in my opinion, because of the fact that everybody's so fucking cheap. Even if you want to pay up for Kamara or Derrick Henry, you don't really have to go this low because wide receivers are priced down. The other secondary running backs are all priced down and are much cheaper. So I just don't think it's something you really have to do at 5,300. You can do it. You know, He does provide some, you know upside with his legs. The, those are all things that you, you, you could look at, but – Listen, I'm not going to go into you know great detail when you guys. It's definitely the top two guys with, with Lamar and Ryan Tannehill. I do like Big Ben quite a bit. The, the Browns are certainly a team that you can throw the football on, as you guys mentioned. That this is a team that still doesn't really want to run the football. They didn't run the football even last week with fucking Mason goddamn Rudolph out there, and, and they they still didn't run the ball with him. I think Big Ben. I think that there's probably this week of rest probably is a, is a bigger deal for him than probably just about any other quarterback on this slate. Because of you know getting you know a week to rest and everything else, whether Juju plays or not, he, they still have more than enough weapons with Deontay and Claypool to get it going. And at sixty one hundred, I think there's leverage there to be had. I, I don't know, like because we, we did see last year in the playoffs where the Titans just smacked the shit out of the Ravens in, in, in that, that in that matchup. People yeah. didn't really see that coming, but Lamar still got there. I think he threw for like three hundred yards, had a hundred rushing yards in that game. Just I mean, he still went off. So regardless of whatever happens there, I still think Lamar. Whether you want to play him naked, whether you want to run a stack with with uh, Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews, I think those are all in play. But I like 6,100 Big Ben, that late-night hammer. I think he can go there. I do think Drew Brees is interesting. You know, run him with – you know, Michael Thomas is, is – 
expected to be back. He should be back for this game. You know, he's going to have his full complement of weapons. The only concern with him is he just, like you mentioned, he's kind of like Phillip Rivers. He doesn't really have a ceiling. The most he scored all year is like 24 DK points. And a lot of that's because of what they do on the goal line. They get down there and they bring in fucking Taysom Hill, sorry, ass. And, 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 you know, right, and right. Pull the out of the game. And so it limits his upside unless he's hitting deep passes, which he hasn't been doing a ton of. That's the only, that, that's the only thing that concerns me with him, but the ceiling is definitely there at a 5,700. What else, I mean, what, what else are you going to say? So I wish you could play Baker Mayfield because this Pittsburgh defense is not the same Pittsburgh defense that it was, but they still have, you know, their pass rushers, TJ Watts still out there. They're going to be able to get to the quarterback and Baker Mayfield has been just as bad as Tom Brady. Whenever you, whenever you're able to get to him, his uh, under pressure, he's terrible. And so that would be my concern with, with him um, and not having Stefanski could also be a big issue. And for me, I would much rather when we uh, as soon as we get to running backs play Nick Chubb because I fucking love Nick Chubb this week. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that. I mean, yeah, just uh, for me, I I don't. I don't it's it's tough to want to. I like Ben too, and and I think that you definitely need to talk yourself into trying to get those Baltimore pieces right on a Ben stack that you're playing because Baltimore can can get there with. Brown and Andrews and, and maybe Dobbins gets going here too. But Lamar Jackson's rushing too with uh with uh Ronnie Staley Stanley having been missing um has been incredible like over those past couple of weeks where he's been out like he's definitely been leaned on um to be on the ground so so much rides on Lamar here more more so than Josh Allen I feel like from the Saturday slate like because Lamar goes out there and puts up 40 like are these other guys like gonna gonna get there for us? Like I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe Tannehill um, if the game goes into overtime, like we saw um, earlier on in the year. But I, I, I mean, Lamar just being at seventy eight hundred on a slate like this, it's it's tough to get away from. I'll have so much of him; it's it's just ridiculous. And you can play him naked, and you don't have to go out and stack these guys. I will be playing him and hoping that he runs in one, runs in two, um, and then maybe he hits Marquise Brown for a touchdown or or Andrews and and. You know, you just get all the production from him. Uh, you guys got anything else before we move on to, to running back? Real quick, if Lamar, if you're playing single entry and you're not playing Lamar, who's your number two quarterback? Because I think it's been for me. What about you guys? Okay. Yeah, it's been for me too. Maddie, because uh, I'm be, I'm in between Ben and Breeze. Like, who's the number two guy? Because if you're not playing Lamar, who who's the guy? It would probably be Breeze to be able to fit in two or three of these top running backs. Okay. Just curious. So, so Derek, just b- real quick before we move on to running back, I just, I, I really just want to put this out there in the space. Like, what happens if the Saints are boat racing the Bears? Like, because that, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. To Sean happen. Payton's not going to give two shits. He's not going to take his foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. He is like Belichick. He will run the fucking score up. He does not care. They just stick to he, their game plan. He will, they will just keep putting mm-hmm. up points and like legit, like play their dudes. They don't care. Like that's I don't, gonna happen. I know he's I know he's an asshole, but like does that affect oh, I didn't Breeze? say he's an asshole. I mean I, I I'm fine with that. I, no, I said it. You don't need to say it. I said it. He, he's an <laughs> asshole. Like he'll he'll go out there and he he will try and I mean, Ryan Pace has ties to, to the team there. Like they'll try and embarrass them. They'll try and they'll try and embarrass them. Like they'll if they get the points up. But I do think that kind of hinders Breeze's upside. Like if it's not a close game, like I could just see them, you know, just taking advantage on them by using Kamara and Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill to a certain extent too. Like get, yeah, but Brian, him. we've talked about that narrative a whole lot, man. 
like to boat race somebody, you got to get the points. So how did they get the points? Unless we're talking about Kamara getting all the touchdowns. If it's on the back of Breeze, they're still getting there. You know how many times the Saints scored less than 24 points this year? None. Zero. Yep. No, right. So I, I do like Kamara, and I like Latavius Murray, too, at the running back position for the chance that they do, you know, get out here and boat race. I, I just, I'm just talking about Breeze from an upside mm-hmm. standpoint. Like, if Kamara is getting the scoring, if they do run it in with Taysom Hill, if they do start bringing in Latavius Murray, like – they could just be like, yo, we don't need to have Breeze out here like against the Bears. We've already, you know, had him banged up for the season. Like we we know what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get into the Super Bowl and win one because they've been, you know, so close for so many years. Like they're not trying to fuck around in the wild card game. Like even though they're, try- you know, even with Sean Payton being like that, running up the score, I just feel like Breeze's ceiling to me is capped. For, My- for They have so many different pieces if he's not scoring early. My 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 counter argument is the Saints defense isn't very good outside of their uh, pass rush. I mean they they've given up less than twenty three points only three times all year, and even in the games where the Saints did blow out the opposing team. So week seventeen, Car- they beat Carolina thirty three to seven. Breeze had twenty f- fantasy points. Minnesota that was the Alvin Kamara six touchdown game fifty two to thirty three. Breeze had thirteen fantasy points even though he only threw one touchdown. Actually no he didn't throw any touchdowns. That I game. mean. Dude, we've already seen this before. They played them before. Breeze Tampa. at 280 and 2, and he got 19 points. If he goes yeah. over 300, then he's over 20. Kamara yeah. Tampa- almost got freaking 100 receiving yards. The Tampa Bay game, they won 38 to 3. He had 24 points. So, like, we have examples this year of, of games they've won by almost 30 points or more, and, and Breeze has still put up 20, 20 points or more because he's the reason that they were doing it. To Derek's point, if, if the game plan is – for the Saints to come in and throw the football, which it, it very well could be because right. Chicago is missing a bunch of guys in their secondary or, or they're going to play banged up. So, um, and you're getting the return of Michael Thomas. Tell me, do we have a better get right Michael Thomas spot right here with them like, missing two of the starting three corners? Like, been, if you want a spot to get Michael Thomas to go fucking nuclear yeah. and make a long run in the playoffs, is there a better spot than this? He's coming off IR. He's getting that ankle healthy. Like, he's finally – I hope he's 100%. He played through the injury earlier this year, uh, and they wanted to, you know, shut him down to give him a chance to get fully healthy, and he's finally there. So I really, I, I think Breeze at 5,700, he allows you to, to pay up for the Nick Chubbs and the Derrick Henrys and um, the Alvin Kamaras if you want to do that because you can – I haven't played around with the build with all three, but based on the pricing, I, I think you can make it work. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the running back position. And I, I kind of brought that breeze thing up because I, I just want to play Alvin Kamara. Like, I, I don't know how – I mean, there, obviously there's ways to get away from him, but just in my builds and kind of how the slate's presenting itself, like he's 8,500. Uh, Derrick Henry plays in the first game. Know he's going to be popular. And this is – you know, the Ravens' defense is, is – been better. They, they're getting Campbell back, I believe, and, and some of the other guys back too. And, you know, if this game is ugly or if, if Baltimore can kind of get up here and they are three and a half point favorites on the road, which I thought was interesting here against the Tennessee team getting disrespected. I mean, 9,200 when I can play Alvin Kamara, 8,500. I, I do like that. I do kind of like Nick Chubb, but on teams where I don't have Lamar, I'll probably will play J.K. Dobbins. I mean, you know, Luckily, we've gotten pretty much, I don't want to say a two-headed monster because he's been leading the snapshare significantly outside of Gus Edwards. But like Mark Mark Ingram's been in street clothes and Justice Hill's dead. So I think we do, you know, get a favorable matchup here for, for JK at 6,600. Definitely like him on non-Lamar teams. 
But as I'm looking at these other guys too, like David Montgomery is 6,900. I, I don't want to play him. I, I don't know. I mean, you guys can talk me into him. The matchups for him have been stellar going into this. I mean, we're already I'm already hearing hype trains about David Montgomery 2021, what his draft stock is. And on a Sunday slate like this, when you're looking at the running back positions and people do game game log watch, I think his ownership is just going to far outweigh what he could, you know, kind of pay off here in a matchup. Unless you're game unless you're game stacking, Um, if you could talk yourself into a script like I'd much rather have J.K. I'd much rather have uh, Nick Chubb. And I would probably then just try and find ways to get up to Derrick Henry with the wide receiver position being so con- concentrated and actually a lot of cheap plays that are interesting. So I, I probably will have very little David Montgomery, if any, outside of game stacks. Um, and so I'm curious to see where you guys are at, because outside of those guys at the top, I'm not really interested in, in any of the cheap guys at this point in time. Maddie, what say you? It's the guys at the top, not not Montgomery. I'd rather play Nick Chubb for 200 less. Dobbins, I mean, we just saw him explode last week. I think this is a spot where, you know, we see the uh, after he smashes, he comes out and flops the, the following week because uh, he's still splitting time with, with Gus Edwards and – We've, we've talked about just how good of a matchup it is through the air. And Lamar's going to run, you know, 10-plus times himself. So Dobbins, you need multiple touchdowns for him to pay off 6,600. Otherwise, again, Nick Chubb is only 100 more, and I'd rather just play Nick Chubb. I think Kareem Hunt is interesting for the same reason I like Chubb. His role has definitely, you know, not been what it was to start the year over the last few weeks. But then in week 17, uh, he got back up to, you know, 10 carries. But – his past game role also dwindled when that had been what was kind of carrying him to start the year. So, uh, but he's 4,800. So you're not really paying much for him and he still is probably going to touch the ball 10 plus times. Um, so I don't hate him. I'd probably rather play a wide receiver at that price, like Corey Davis. But if you're going the route of fading these top, top running backs and want to play top wide receivers, I, I think hunt is interesting. I can't get on board with any of, of the Pittsburgh guys. Uh, they've just, They've skewed way too heavy towards the pass, and their running game has just been awful. So I'm not going to get cued at running back on this slate. I'll get cued at wide receiver instead. Uh, Kev, what say you? Yeah, so I, I think for me, like with this slate, I, I think it comes down to a few different things. One, you know, like I mentioned with uh, Nick Chubb, I, I love Nick Chubb on this slate, 6700 at his price tag. I think you look at him, and the Steelers, like I said, just haven't been the same defense. And Nick Chubb has just fucking been a monster this year. He's one of the most efficient running backs in all of football. Um, it doesn't matter if you stack the box against him. He has a 6.1 yards per carry against stack boxes this year. Uh, which is one of the highest in the league. He's like fir- he's first or second in yards created per touch. He's third in yards created on the season. Um, he's like fourth in big runs. So the dude is just a monster. And against his Pittsburgh defense, I'm not worried about them whatsoever. And I honestly think that his ownership is going to be way too low for what it should be in uh, his ceiling here. So I like Nick Chubb. I think people will play J.K. Dobbins. I think it can be an absolute trap. And because, one, J.K. Dobbins is not involved in the passing game. 
at all. He's had one reception in the last five weeks of the season. He's just not involved in the passing game. And then at the same time, he's not really that involved in the running game either. I mean, he gets about 13 to 15 touches in the running game. If he doesn't find the end zone, he's dead. Why not just play the running back who is going to get the same amount of volume as he is, as Gus Edwards is? So I would rather play Gus Edwards, who's significantly cheaper than he is. He's not going to carry the ownership that J.K. Dobbins is. So if you're wanting to play running back from this game, it's got to be Gus Edwards. Now, now can J.K. Dobbins get there? Sure. Um, you know, he could, you know, get two or three touchdowns in this game. It's, it's absolutely in the range of possibilities for him because Tennessee's defense is so fucking terrible. But I think he is going to carry a ton of ownership because I think people are going to look at probably playing either Derrick Henry or Kamara and then running it and then running J.K. Dobbins and going down to him. I, I would just, I would prefer not to do that. I really love the Kareem Hunt call, especially if you feel like that the Steelers are going to get ahead. I think that would work well. With, you know, if you want to play Kareem Hunt at 4,800, I think you could do that. Uh, he's obviously the more involved in the passing game here. So I don't hate that call. But I don't hate David Montgomery either. Which running back not named Derek, or actually not named Alvin Kamara, is, it has a role in the passing game? And in the running game, somebody that you that is guaranteed locked in, no matter what, is going to get the pass catching work and is going to get the the, the 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 yards on the ground. It's David Montgomery, and that's it, right? Outside of Alvin Kamara, because it's not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's not involved as a pass catcher. Nick Chubb's not involved as a pass catcher. J.K. Dobbins is involved as a pass catcher. So maybe the only other guy you could talk about would be James Conner, who is involved as a pass catcher, but doesn't get shipped in between the tackles. And if you look at the Saints, there's been some cracks recently in their run defense that was so great. Over the last four weeks, they've allowed 147 rushing yards per game. Now, some of that, I will say, was that Philly game where Jalen Hurts had 100-yard rushing, so that boosted it up a little bit. But still, the Chiefs were able to run for 160 rushing yards, and the Chiefs haven't been able to run against anybody this year. They were able to rip off 160. The Vikings with, with Dalvin Cook almost had 100 yards rushing in that game, but they were obviously behind, so they had to throw the ball more, so they weren't able to throw the ball. So there's some cracks here. So I do think David Montgomery at 6,900 – I don't think his ownership either is going to be as high as people think that it is because it's going against the Saints. I don't think we're going to want to play him as much. I think everybody's going to try to get to Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, rightfully so. He's probably the best player on the entire slate, in my opinion, uh, at running back. And But David Montgomery, it's hard to get away from him because of how involved he is. He's, he could see 10 to 12 targets in this game. Really wouldn't surprise me, especially if they're missing like a Darnell Mooney. They're going to have to get other guys involved that maybe not really. But you look at David Montgomery even last week. He had nine targets last week when they were trailing against Green Bay. So I don't mind David Montgomery whatsoever at 6,900. I don't think his ownership is going to be as high as it probably should be, considering there's nobody else on the slate that has a guaranteed role like he does. So, Kev, let me ask you this, and then and, uh, Derek will kick it to you. Are you prioritizing these mid-6K running backs over the the low to mid-6K wide receivers? Because, like, I feel like just based on, like, messing around with builds while you were talking there, I feel like you're going to have to make a decision on, like, a Deontay Johnson versus a Nick Chubb or a Deontay Johnson versus uh, a David Montgomery if you are definitely going the route of of playing, you know, one or two of those top end running backs and then maybe another one, but you still have that flex spot where you're going to have that salary. So I'm just curious what Keva, you first, and then Lula, Derek uh, chime in on that as well. But what, how do you, how do you see these, these mid six K running backs compared to the low to mid six K wide receivers? I think with wide receiver, there's so much incredible, there's so much value that you don't have to get up to the upper echelon wide receiver. Marquise Brown's only 5,400. Corey Davis is 4,800, which is fucking ridiculous. And is going to see Marcus Peters, who you can easily throw the ball on. There's a lot of value here in the lower range that you actually feel really solid about that aren't just dart play throws. 
here. You know, it, and if you want to get really wild, like I said, you could play Anthony Miller, especially if Darnell Mooney's out. They're going to throw the ball to somebody, and so he's only thirty three hundred. But this running back position, I think, is kind of the key here to to, to really winning this entire slate and, ta- and taking it down. Because listen, Derrick Henry certainly at ninety two hundred can fail. You know, it, if if Baltimore is able to get a quick lead on them and really build a lead on them, Derrick Henry could be out. You know, and at ninety two hundred, and then what that's going to take. If a lot of people, if you're playing Derrick Henry, a lot of builds are going to look very very similar if you're playing Derrick Henry there in that in that slot. And so for me, like I. I think that like David Montgomery and Nick Chubb, I, I think could end up being the keys to this entire slate. Like I'm definitely going to be overweight on Alvin Kamara. I, his role in this offense, everything else that he brings to the table, 8,500. I will take that all day. I don't mind that. But I think that you can pay down. There's enough value there at wide receiver that the secure value, not just well. I hope maybe this guy does something because, like I said, Corey Davis certainly can smash in this spot at 4,800. He's entirely too cheap. I know he hasn't been. As he hasn't been the same guy that he was, you know, earlier in the year, at least the last couple of weeks, but he still saw 11 targets last week. And then in this matchup against Baltimore, like I said, he should be going against Marcus Peters, who has been roasted many times in his career and, and very well could happen again this week. But Chase Claypool's only 5,200. If something were to happen with Juju, even Juju's only 5,500. I mean, it's not like he's priced up. They've priced down all these guys to a point where I don't really feel like I have to take a, a true stand. Like, I think you can. You know, whether you want to pay down a quarterback and not pay for Lamar Jackson and, and you know, go with a Big Ben and Deontay Johnson, do like a short stack and then maybe even run it back if you wanted to with like a Hooper or uh, Rashard Higgins. I think you could do that instead of playing Landry and then still fit in these other running backs. I think those are all directions you can go and still be able to kind of get in all the guys that you want. I, I love Alvin Kamara in this spot, man. I mean, he's point per dollar i mean the dude ceiling and floor is just ridiculous i'm really interested in a lot of guys that you've already touched on a lot love nick chubb in the spot i think their left guard being out with covid is definitely um it's something we haven't talked about it's interesting here because cam hayward their their defense the problem is is that the steelers linebacking core outside of tj watt is hot trash like they've had tackling issues They, they they really really struggle they've played a lot the Pittsburgh Steelers have played a lot of dusty ass, can't create for themselves running backs. They struggle immensely when they play guys with juice that could break off long runs. You've even seen it like in certain games. Like when they played Dallas, Zeke couldn't do shit, and Tony Pollard sitting here running and breaking off runs when they decided to give him the damn ball. So I love Nick Chubb in this spot because the fact of it is, we haven't seen a Nick Chubb absolutely nuclear game. And I keep thinking it's fucking coming, man. There's a game that is going to happen where this dude is going to bust multiple 50, 60-yard freaking runs. And I thought it was last week. And then the Browns kept sitting here effing it up because they kept getting penalties and screwing his ceiling. Dude almost had 100 rushing yards by the end of the second damn quarter. Like, if they didn't screw him by game script and doing stupid shit, he could have run for 200 in that game. So I love Nick Chubb in this spot. I am not going to play J.K. Dobbins. I have talked about it in numerous spots. The fact of it is, is he is really sexy Damian Harris. If you look at their roles, he is the <laughs> same damn dude. He has no pass game usage. He gets 15 to 18 carries. And if he didn't break off the long run last week, he wasn't going to get there. He's literally going to score 13 to 17 points, and people are going to sit here and be like, what the hell happened at the end of the week? So I'm not going to play J.K. Dobbins. We talked about it on Saturday's slate. Is Gus Edwards one of the best leverage plays on this slate? Like, 
People are going to play a shit ton of J.K. Dobbins. People are going to play a shit ton of Lamar Jackson. Nobody wants to play Gus Edwards. They have the same damn red zone role. And Gus Edwards, people don't want to mention it, has been efficient when he's been given the ball. Dude can get to 100 yards. He could score twice in this game. And as much as I like Lamar Jackson, I'm going to play some Gus Edwards for the price point and the leverage. I'm a little bit more on David Montgomery only because... The Bears' offensive line is blocking better, and the thing that they're doing in the red zone, they're running in the red zone a lot more than they were at the beginning of the season. They Before Montgomery went on this monstrous run, and even during this monstrous run, it was like, oh, well, he got there, but they only gave him 11 carries versus Green Bay. Oh, well, he got there, but they only gave him 17, and he scored twice versus Detroit. Oh, well, he got there versus the Texans, but he busted off an 80-yard run, and he only got 11 carries. Since then, they have... Fed this dude 32, 23, 22 carries. Way back when they played the Saints in freaking week, week uh, eight, he ran 21 times for 89 yards. That's really good if you get into the end zone. And I don't know if people want to play him because, yes, the Saints' run defense has been great. But like Kev talked about, they've had some holes in the last few weeks, man. Like teams have been able to run. So the Bears facing them again – when they've shown more of a commitment to David Montgomery, I think people are more going to want to go to Allen Robinson in this spot. And I like David Montgomery. I'm not probably going to play him outside of like a Breeze New Orleans stack, um, but I do like him here. I love Nick Chubb for all the reasons I talked about. I'm not, I get the whole reason to play Kareem Hunt. The only problem that I have with Kareem Hunt is outside of that Baltimore game, he hasn't done really like anything to show us a ceiling even when he was the lead back so I'm not really on him in this spot but I think my my pool for running backs is going to be extremely tight my question to everybody is is if you're playing three max how much is enough and how much is too much Derrick Henry like is he a guy that you got to at least get on one of your teams I I, like I I feel that's kind of where I'm at again I talked about all the offensive line issues and are they going to be down like two, maybe three guys? I don't know. Like, if that's the case, I just really could see Derrick Henry. Like, I know he had a good game, but if if he only goes for 25 to 28 in this spot and Kamara eclipses him, if Montgomery matches him, if Chubb outscores him or matches him, what do you do with the extra salary? Like, getting up to Henry is not impossible in this, but I'm guessing, like, my question is how much is too much and does anybody have the balls to full fade him, Matty? <laughs> I do. I, I, I saw your I, face. That's why I threw your name at first. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Because, like, I don't know if I can full fade him, man. Like, because, if their offensive line is okay. Like, I think he's a one of three play for me. I mean, so the thing with the Titans, right, it, it comes down to touchdown variance with them. Like, yep. the weeks – where Henry goes absolutely nuclear, he's either gone for over 200 yards or he's scored two plus <laughs> touchdowns um, or sometimes mm-hmm. both. And if Tannehill, you know, has a four touchdown game, like w- w- what happens if if Baltimore, because we've seen this multiple times this year where the Titans are not competitive at halftime and they're down by three scores and then Tannehill drags them back into the game in the second half. Uh, like the Cleveland game was like that. Like, what did it end? Like 48 to. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, it was like, ended up like a one-score game uh, with an onside kick at the end of the game, but... Cleveland was up like 30-something points at halftime. And Henry was completely scripted out of that game. He had 15 carries for 60 yards and scored six DraftKings points. (laughs) So, like, I mean, if that script happens, which it absolutely could against Baltimore, like Lamar could go out and just smash that Tennessee defense. And, like, looking at uh, the last time they played, I mean, he ran for 133 yards and a touchdown against Baltimore, and he only had 23 DraftKings points. I mean, that's always the knock on Henry, right, is that he doesn't catch passes. This game's going to have to stay close for him to to stay relevant because there is a path where they could be down three scores uh, at halftime. There absolutely is a path for that. And if that happens, um, I, I think he gets scripted out, and I think you see that's when you see Tannehill actually becomes the optimal play on the slate. Because he will cl- he will climb back into it. That offense is just too good. They've scored a million points every single week. They're just like the Saints. They have five games this year over forty points. Like they're they're one of the best offenses in the league. So I, I think they're going to score, especially against a banged up Ravens defense. It's just a matter of how and and when, when do those scores come? Is it a back and forth affair or is it let's let's claw back because we're in a massive hole? So. All that to say, long-winded, you absolutely can fade a 9,200 Derrick Henry when you have Kamara on the slate and and Nick Chubb is $2,500 less than that. Chubb is Derrick Henry light, right? Because he doesn't catch passes. And I can argue that Chubb is in an even better matchup than Henry is. And so by not playing Henry, you're now, okay, Henry and and a guy like Anthony Miller, those two guys combined get you to like a 12K salary. Or you can play like a Nick Chubb and then a Deontay Johnson. Like, that's the 2v2 you're going to have to kind of look at and make a decision on. I have another question after Kev kind of gets his, his uh, in here before we move on. But, uh, Kev, are you full fade in Henry? I don't know about it would be a complete full fade, but, like, it's going to be very – I think I'll probably have maybe 10%, you know, uh, of okay. Henry, something like that. Like, I, I just can't – on this slate, like, he, he certainly can burn me at night, but at 9,200, again, he really has to go the fuck off for him to bury me. Um, if he gets you 25, like that's that's still not terrible. But I feel like there's running backs on the slate that can, that can at least come comparable to that, and that can save you enough salary to open things up for me to where it kind of opens up the rest of the slate. So like I, I don't hate it, but I just feel like that there this is a path that you can be heading down where Derrick Henry just doesn't see the volume that you want to see from him, and he easily can be game scripted out and at 9200. That's just too high of a price for me to pay. And like Maddie said. You know, then just play just play Nick Chubb, who who is much cheaper and has the same type of ceiling. He could he could go out there and drop thirty five uh, on you, or you know, I, I think at worst you're looking at for Nick Chubb. I still think that he has a floor, probably ten, fifteen, something around there. And at sixty seven hundred, it's just I, I would rather have that happen to me than play ninety two hundred dollar Derrick Henry and he gets me fifteen. Yeah, right. Who, who is in the first game on the slate. I mean, automatically just going to see more ownership because people are going to be so scared of their lineups that don't have Derrick Henry in them uh, if he does go nuclear. But, you know, and it all comes down to builds too, D. Like, I mean, if you're playing Derrick Henry, like you better damn well sure have some Ravens on the other side because if Henry is getting there, like just as you're talking about, Maddie, like Tannehill will try and 
lift Tennessee up from the ground. Like Baltimore is going to have to lean on Lamar even more so um, to get them up if Henry is going to the spot. And I know we'll see some builds there where people have like Henry and, and you know, maybe not even other guys on Baltimore, maybe just one guy on Baltimore. And I would love to like mega stack Baltimore on the Henry teams of playing like Lamar Brown and Andrews to just get, you know, all the points there. But, but yeah, it comes down to the player and, and, and how you, how you feel about it because some people can't, can't take that, you know, um, have not having Henry, so to speak at all um, and how you're building. I think in three max, it becomes even more valuable to full fade, um, because, you know, you already got two teams there. What's one more? And just there's so many other spots to go to um, on this slate. And you're going to know, right, the teams that play Henry, you're going to know how their builds are are going out. You calculate the PMR and what people got left, like all of them are going to look the same. So you building a different team without having them is, is nice. So before we move on, it, I, I got to throw this in here because as we're kind of talking through stuff, I'm screwing around with builds and stuff. Is Gus Edward is a correlation of Gus Edwards and AJ Brown the best leverage correlation on the fucking slate? Because I feel like it is, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's something I would throw in in a game stack. Is those yeah, two that's together? That's like you are that, leveraging off of Jackson. Yeah. You are leveraging off of Henry. If that goes off, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you could run a Tannehill, AJ Brown, Jonu Smith, Gus Edwards game stack there, mm-hmm. and that's cheap. Like Jonu's cheap. Gus Edwards is cheap, and you can do whatever the hell you want at the rest of your with the rest of your team, and you're still getting exposure to what we think is the best game on the slate, and should head and shoulders score easily more points than the other games. So yeah, absolutely. So wide receiver, as we as we bring up AJ Brown here, we got wide receiver AJ Brown is seven K. I mean, we we got a lot flatter wide receiver uh, slate for Sunday than we do from Saturday slate because you got AJ Brown at 7k Allen Robinson at 6.5 Michael Thomas at 6.3 and then you start to get into Deontay Johnson 6.2 and and we're getting into the 5k range with with these guys so I think that there are interesting builds especially like these cheap guys too they're not as exciting as the as the Saturday cheap guys like when you can talk about a Pascal or a John Brown here like you're, you're looking at guys like Miles Boykin or maybe Anthony Miller with with Mooney if he doesn't play I don't like it Richard Higgins like don't like that so I, I do like getting into the mid-tier range of, of wide receiver and you're you're able to do that when you don't play a Derrick Henry um, and get some of these guys. I mean, you, you guys talked about it with Michael Thomas. I mean, 6,300, you know, on a, on a playoff slate, it's just ridiculous um, when you're talking about the secondary and even, even without those issues with Jalen Johnson and Buster screen, like Kyle Fuller has been had too on, on some plays as well. I mean, this, the, they've given up some big plays deep. Uh, Michael Thomas at 6,300. I mean, if this is, somehow a neutral game script or see or the saints are not running away with this like he will pay that off and i'd much rather you know find the money to get a 6300 michael thomas than be paying up for a running back that doesn't catch passes um alan robinson i do love him if i'm not playing montgomery he's 6500 talk about narrative street like it's his first playoff game might be his last game as a bear if they get into trouble the bears do and have to lean on the pass with no darnell mooney i mean alan robinson's target share should skyrocket here. Mooney was actually creeping up there um, and into his target share a little bit before he got hurt. And now with, if he's expected to miss, I just think that just bodes that much more well for, for Allen Robinson. They're arguably their best offensive playmaker, depending on how you feel about the team. But he's 6,500. That still feels too cheap for him. Um, I do like some A.J. Brown on, on the Lamar teams. And then I, I really just like the 
the Pittsburgh guys, I mean, Claypool, Juju, if he's playing Deontay, um, them as well. And and I do think, and, and Kev, I'll start with you too, because I think you brought him up at Corey Davis at 4,800. I do think it's an interesting discussion on where people go there because neither one of them has really popped off. They, they both don't pop off together. I feel like it's either Corey Davis week or it's AJ Brown week. And so you'll kind of have to figure that out for your builds on, on kind of what story you're telling there. Um, I, I wouldn't play both of them together. I know people will on Tannehill teams and I, I just think that could end up being a mistake in my head and in, in big field tournaments go ahead. But for me, I'm trying to play one of the two and because Corey Davis's price is so cheap, I, I do like him a little bit more, but then when I'm making builds, if I'm not playing Henry, I do think AJ Brown's ceiling, you know, kind of puts him firmly in play and you can play him too with, with Nick Chubb and uh, Lamar Jackson and Kamara and still, you know, find builds that you like it the tight end position one we'll talk about. So Kev, how are you feeling this week at wide receiver and what would you be doing? Like I said, like you pretty much just laid out, Michael Thomas, 6,300 is entirely too cheap. And really, if you look at this, the, the stack as a whole, if you wanted to run breeze with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara, like that is not really that expensive of a stack to be able to run. Um, and you can even run it back with Allen Robinson, or like I said, you know, or David Montgomery. I think either one of those would be in play. Because 6,500, I, I don't know what DraftKings is doing. Like, I felt like they, they made this slate and wanting to be able to kind of do whatever it is you really wanted to do and not make it hard for people because maybe they want more noobs or people that haven't played, don't play a ton of DFS to be able to feel like they can build good lineups because, like, Allen Robinson 6,500 is fucking stupid. Even Deontay Johnson at 6,200 with the amount of targets that that dude sees. He has more double-digit targets games than Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster do combined this year. So, and the guy is 6,200. It's just, that's ridiculous to me. Like, what are we doing here? But, again, and like I said, Corey Davis, 4,800. Like, I get that, like, he's had he struggled for two weeks. But, like, it's, it's not enough to drop him down at 48 fucking $100. He is in a great spot here um, against against Baltimore. Like I've said, Marcus Peters is not a very good corner. He's more of a ball hawk. He can get burnt just as quickly as anybody else can. So I don't mind him. Claypool, especially if Juju goes out at 5,200, I think that really boosts him up uh, quite a bit. I don't mind Manny Sanders at 5K, but like I said, Mar Marquise Brown at 5,400. He finally has started really over the last like month, month and a half of the season to start to really come on. He doesn't have any like those monster games. He's kind of hovered in the 15 to 20 range just because he doesn't see the type of volume that you want to see. But I guess this Tennessee secondary, if, you know, a miracle could fucking happen from above and Lamar Jackson could figure out how to hit a deep ball, that might fucking help because Lamar Jackson can't hit yeah. a fucking broadside of a fucking barn in terms of trying to hit a deep ball. Like, this dude is fucking awful. They need to maybe just put Trace McSorley back there and he'll throw the deep ball because he's the only one that seems to be able to do it. But I think that's oh, what's just capped, uh, or that, that's capped him uh, to hit a real, you know, thirty-point upside ceiling because they can't hit anything deep. But they have to look look for him inside of the red zone. He's caught a touchdown, I think, in four of his last five weeks as well. So I don't mind. I, I really don't mind Marquise Brown at fifty-four hundred at that price tag as somebody that has like a thirty-point upside is is in that range of possibility. If for some reason they can actually hit a deep ball, because if that happens, I think it could be wheels up for Marquise Brown at fifty-four hundred. I don't want to echo Kev too much. <laughs> the top guys are pretty obvious. I think it's a joke that uh, Michael Thomas and, and Allen Robinson are priced where they are. And I think we honestly could see A.J. Brown lower owned because of that. Uh, I don't think as many people will pay 7K. And, and that makes me like A.J. Brown for all the same reasons I like D.K. Metcalf on the Saturday slate. A.J. Brown's a guy who can take four catches, 
for a, over 100 yards and score two touchdowns for you. Um, and he doesn't really need high volume to get you there. Uh, so he's kind of independent of game script. Um, but if that turns into, you know, there is the path where Baltimore starts to smash early, you know, A.J. Brown could smash in some cleanup time uh, there at the end at lower ownership. So I do like him. Uh, Deontay Johnson's an obvious one. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to get lost in the shuffle because of how gross that game kind of projects out to be. And with Cleveland, you know, they want to run the ball. But, I mean, Jarvis is their go-to guy on offense. He's below 6K. Uh, if they start to trail at all, he will see 10-plus targets. We we know Landry – you go back to, to hard knocks. Uh, what was it, last year or two years ago when they did hard knocks on the Browns? Like, Landry is like the heart and soul of that offense and, and that locker room. Uh, he's going to be amped to play a playoff game for for Cleveland. You know, I, I think that they're going to make it a point to to get him the ball, and it's going to be the Chubb and Landry show to, for the Browns to score on offense. So I think he gets lost in the shuffle amid all those those Steelers wide receivers on the other side of that game. So I think he's interesting. And then all the way down, I think you guys mentioned it, Anthony Miller, if Mooney were to be ruled out. Uh, and even if not, uh, I just see the Saints, you know, getting up early in this one. And maybe not being able to, uh, the Bears maybe not being able to keep it close early, kind of similar to the same game script that's possible in Baltimore. Um, and if that's the case, I think you do see more 11 personnel for the Bears. But if they don't go that route, uh, Cole Komet's been seeing a ton of snaps down the stretch for the Bears. And I think you could see a ton of 12 personnel if that game stays close. So uh, Anthony Miller's definitely a big risk. But uh, 3,300, I, I don't think there's really anybody that has his talent on this slate with a potential ceiling like like he does. And D, what's what's a you and if you if you weren't planning on it, I was curious to hear your take on Emmanuel Sanders just with uh Michael Thomas being being back in the mix. I I like Manny. My whole thing about how you attack Chicago is that their corners play exclusive sides. So get, Kyle Fuller's the only guy that they have that that's healthy and has any kind of real talent right now. Like Jalen Johnson not not going to trash the guy. He's, he was really good to start the season. But, I mean, on the back half, when he has been out there, if he does even play, he's really looked like a rookie. Like, since week eight, week nine, he has been terrible in coverage. So, I, dude, I think Michael Thomas has a ceiling week here. We've seen Michael Thomas have 11 targets, 12 targets. He hasn't scored a freaking touchdown. He's gone above 100 yards twice this season. Legit, I think Michael Thomas has a 30-point outing in this one. I think this is a perfect freaking Michael Thomas get right spot. I like Manny, but the guy that I want to bring up here, like obviously there's a tight end in this one. I like Jared Cook, obviously. But if, if below Corey Davis, the only guy that I'm willing to reach down there, and y'all talked about Anthony Miller, but the guy that piques my interest is Marquez Callaway because we're talking about how bad this Chicago secondary is. Callaway is the guy running out of the slot. He's going to garner no ownership. If we think Breeze can capture some type of ceiling, if people are looking to double stack Breeze, they're going to go to Thomas, they're going to go to Kamara. Hell, if they wanted to go and play Breeze has a true ceiling game and goes for 303 in this one because he's healthier, he looks better. I, I was looking at reports earlier today on Twitter. Nick Underhill was talking about how, how limited he was even before he snapped all the ribs because he was wearing a flak jacket before then. His throwing motion looks immensely different than it was even before when he was playing. If Breeze, we see him come out and just fucking chuck the ball. I like Marquez Callaway in game stacks over even Manny because I think Manny is – they're moving around the formation, but 
Callaway is going to get forgotten. And versus a backup slot garbage-ass corner, I think that he's the guy, if I'm looking to go really, really cheap in this one, I just I, – I don't understand what the hell DK is fucking doing with Michael Thomas's price. Like, that <laughs> shit is laughable. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous that he's 6,300. I, I I don't know if I'm going to make a lineup without Michael Thomas. I will not. Barely fucking overweight on Michael Thomas because people are going to play him, but they're not going to play him enough. Not as much as they sure as hell should play him. Um, and I know we've talked about Deontay and stuff. Dude, if Juju is out, and I want to I want to stress this, Chase Claypool is possibly going to run out of the slot versus MJ Stewart. That is a matchup that I want to attack so damn much. Like MJ Stewart is hot freaking trash. He the, the Cleveland does not have a corner that can probably stay with Claypool. I know Johnson's going to get a ton of targets. He's gotten a ton of targets every damn game that he hasn't left with an injury. But Chase Claypool has gotten the second most slot snaps on the season behind Juju. So if Juju's out, they're going to roll Washington on the outside. They're going to move Claypool on the inside. Dude, Claypool could absolutely have a ridiculous ceiling game, and he is ridiculously underpriced if that's the case here. Yeah, no, I think the Steelers situation is definitely one one to monitor um, because it it just gets uh, interesting, even more interesting with with Juju being out. But even if he plays, I mean, these guys priced all around each other. Like we've seen all year, it'll be uh, very hard to get away from those guys. And then we get into the tight end position and we're looking at the tight end position and the guy that I want to really play is Eric Ebron. I mean, the Cleveland Browns defensive unit, you know, you're looking at touchdowns allowed. They've allowed 10 touchdowns to the tight end position, 900 yards to the tight end position, 15 DK points, 12 FanDuel points. And, like, if Juju's going to be out or if he's banged up, like Eric Ebron comes back in there. And Ben has had an affinity for this guy. Like, when he's been out there and healthy, he comes in at 3,700. Mark Andrews is going to be extremely popular, only 5,200 there. You're looking at people – I'm going to try and jam him in and, Jer- and Jared Cook. So Ebron, uh, you know, being activated, I know they have the out uh, tag on him still, but I think he's expected to play. He- he's a favorite of mine. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, I just bring him up just because it's the revenge game narrative. I mean, I know people will write about that if him visiting back in New Orleans. And if there is no Mooney, if there is no Mooney, I think, I mean, he's still seeing He's still seeing snaps. Like, it's kind of crazy, but, but like, you, you're talking about him and Komet being on the field at the same time and him having somewhat of a red zone role. Like, the, the position is gross. Like, if you're not playing Mark Andrews or Jared Cook or, or maybe uh, Eric Ebron there. So, it, it, it is interesting to kind of talk about him from that narrative standpoint. But, uh, Maddie, how you feeling about tight end this week? Yeah, I, I love that Ebron call. I mean, on this slate, there's not really a tight end that has a ceiling that scares me. I mean, even Mark Andrews in his best games, he only puts up 20 points. So, uh, and that's because he didn't, he rarely approaches the 100 yard mark. His, all his production, his ceiling production comes from touchdowns. So, um, if you play touchdown roulette and go for these cheaper guys like Eric Ebron, I love that call. Johnny Smith, it's 3,200. That's pretty cheap for a guy that has immense talent. Um, I mean, his role is so volatile, so that's probably why they priced him down here for a three-game slate. You know what you're getting with Johnny. Like, he can catch a touchdown in, in any game. Um, and then the other guy, like Cole Komet, like we mentioned it, the Bears want to run a ton of 12 personnel. Komet has 30 targets in the last five games. And four of those last five games, he's had at least yeah. six targets. So he's definitely got a role. I mean, for 3K, a guy that can score 10 DraftKings points is good enough for me. No, I, I, I like that, Matty. I mean, and Mitchell's beat the drum for him to be involved pretty much all year. So that I don't yeah. think it's any surprise that 
30 targets over the past five weeks are a direct correlation to that. Uh, Derek, how are you feeling at the tight end position? Uh, my favorite two guys are Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. I mean, you got Cleveland. They've allowed the fourth most receptions, eighth most yards, the fourth most touchdowns. They've been terrible all freaking season versus the tight end position. Uh, same thing with the Bears, man. Um, now we're looking at a Bears defense that could be without multiple pieces. Like Roquan Smith might actually miss this damn game too, man. And the last time that they played, Jared Cook had seven targets, had 51 yards and a touchdown. Now, Drew Brees, like, they have not been on the same page. He's been going back and back and back to Jared Cook every single freaking week. If I'm Ryan Brees, and I think there's a ceiling possibility here, I think Jared Cook is one of the players that gets brought along. Maddie, I know you've talked about this a whole lot, and you really have discussed this on previous episodes, um, which I think is really sharp, so I want to bring it up here. It's correlating your tight end to your quarterbacks and then your game stacks. Like, if we think that they're going to be nuclear games, so if you're stacking Lamar and stuff, Andrews is a priority piece. If you're going Tannehill, add Johnu in there. Uh, if I like Breeze, then add on Jared Cook. I also it, in that in that same breath, I like I don't mm-hmm. even mind using the opposite team's tight end as a run yeah, back. I like that because because like if the game, good chance if a game goes nuclear, a tight end is catching a touchdown because so you're going end, Lamar running back with Johnu on the other side. Yeah, like if you yeah. didn't want to, if you didn't have the salary to pay up for Andrews or whatever, because or oh, you could just go Marquise, same price. Because the, the tight end position is just yeah, so – Yeah, it's just so hell-bent on tight end scoring touchdowns. Like, that's just what the position is. So, if I'm stacking a game that I need a ton of touchdowns in, that's where I want my tight end exposure from. I'll have Andrew's exposure, but it's probably not going to be on any teams that don't have Lamar. Like, I would much rather just play Jared Cook, who has a similar ceiling – as Mark Andrews. I mean, Andrews hit 20 last time they played Tennessee, but Jared Cook gets you 15 or 17. You don't really care because the amount of money and plus the, the ownership that you're, uh, you're not on as well. So my two favorites are Ebron and Jared Cook. They're just underpriced, man. I'm just going to talk about Austin Hooper. Um, at his price tag, the, the his involvement in the office, especially once Juju Smith shoot or Juju Smith Odell Beckham has went out. I, I, if you look at him, uh, really, uh, he, he pretty much plays at least seventy percent of the snaps every every single week. He's now has you know double digit fa- double digit D, uh, DK points in three straight weeks. Uh, he scored a touchdown in three of his last five games. So um, at his price, like you guys already talked about, Mark Andrews, he's kind of he, he's kind of a volatile play. But at 3,900 for Austin Hooper, again, I think he gets lost between Eric Ebron and Jared Cook. And at 3,900, he could easily be the highest scoring tight end on the slate. Well, the other thing you're talking about, Kev, I mean, he's great in a correlation play like as a run back for for Big Ben because if they're just absolutely just stomping the shit out of the Browns, people are going to want to go to Landry as a run back. I think Hooper's a really sharp call there too. Cheaper than Landry. By a good bit, yeah. Well, and he's going to carry less ownership than even either Cook and and the other guys in that price range and stuff. If you were to double stack Ben and you say you went, um, say Juju's out or whatever, if you had Ben, Deontay, Claypool, and you run it back with Hooper and nobody else, I mean, it's different, man. Talk about getting different on a three gamer. Yeah, yeah. And this is definitely a slate. I feel like it's not not as straightforward. There's so many different ways these kind of games can present themselves and go. So just getting a little weird for Sunday um, could be nice, especially if Saturday, you know, if Saturday goes the way that it's supposed to go, quote unquote, like that 
by all means will carry into Sunday and people will just try, kind of build those chalk builds and hope that that hits again. So getting weird on Sunday will be fun. Um, let's wrap it up with defense boys before we get into the build and close out the podcast. And, and this is a one, this is an area where I'm struggling with uh, on this slate because I normally would have interest in, in the Ravens, but because of like what Maddie's saying on the other side, like Tennessee has found ways to kind of get points and it, you know, Tennessee, Hill's been mobile as of late. So unless they're like forcing turnovers from him and, and fumbles, um, like I don't see a lot of sacks and in, incoming here and, and points being scored. So that's kind of tough for me to to kind of get to. I, I mean, the Saints will be popular at the top at 3,800. But I, I guess, I mean, even when I like Ben, because of how much the Steelers have kind of struggled and it's a divisional game, like I do have interest in the Browns at 2,500. Like they do some mistakes there. and. At, at 2,500, I, I could see myself playing them as well. I do have interest in the Steelers as well. It just depends on how my builds kind of shape up and what I could get to. But I've definitely been looking at the Browns early. Uh, Kev, what, what say you at the defense position? Flip a coin? I mean, I, there's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a defense that I just like absolutely like am in love with. Um, I think you could play the Browns if you wanted to at 2,500, Big Ben. Could certainly throw uh, tur- uh, turn the football over. You know, pick six could happen. The Ravens, I think. I think you go like I, I. don't know. Like, there's there's just not a defense that I just feel like incredibly strong about. Like, oh my god, just slam this. I think for me, build the rest of your team. Whatever the money you have left over, you know, and make a decision from there. If you all you have left is twenty two hundred, play the fucking Titans. Like, it, like it's just there's just not to me like a super obvious one. I guess maybe the Saints, if you wanted to call them. The Steelers are also uh, probably going to be the two highest zone, especially with you know with the way that a lot of the stuff is priced down. You could play one of those two teams for sure. Uh, it's not, it, it would be crazy if Mitchell Trubisky to, threw a couple interceptions here in this in this game um, as well. So right. you know if you want to pay up, but I think that's where kind of everybody is. So if you want to go down to a team like the Bears or the Browns, I think those are ways you could go. I actually am in a hundred percent agreement with Kev. I just there's nothing that really excites me in terms of defense. So if you got 2200, I agree. Play the Titans. I think the game that I'm gonna have the least exposure to from like a positional player standpoint is probably going to be Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So I'll I'll probably just end up with defenses from that game. I'll probably end up stacking New Orleans, Chicago, and Baltimore, Tennessee the most. So but for correlation purposes, I'll probably just end up with the defenses from that game. But yeah, it's. There's nothing that really excites me. No, it's it's going to be ugly, and, and those t- those top three are are going to be so popular. I feel like like Saints, you know, chalk, and then Raven, Ravens early. I feel like popular, and then Pittsburgh at the end for for the late hammers. So I, I like getting to bills who are cheaper. Let's kind of start off this build, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, the Sunday build for the slate. We'll put this as well um, into the huddle. They're the five dollar entry as as we usually do, and. And boys, what are, what are we starting with here, Maddie? Why don't you start it off and tell us what the build is looking like? Uh, Michael Thomas, he's too cheap. Uh, I'm gonna put Deontay Johnson in. Like, I'll put him in flex for now. Let's go, Drew Brees. You really shocked me with your biscuit, man. You re- you really you really had me bamboozled yeah. there. Well, I mean, I, I, on a full game slate, you know, when you have 12 to 50, you know, when you have a bunch of games, like I think he makes a little more sense. But in, in a, on a three game slate. Where I think things are a little bit more, I, I just don't think you you could sit here and consider somebody like Mitchell Trubisky at, uh, you know, at his price. Considering that Drew Brees is only at you know a few hundred dollars cheaper than he is and stuff like that, I just think it's it, it is a little bit too thin of a play for me to be able to to be able to you know. Will I have a Mitchell Trubisky team? Yeah, but I'm not going to tell other people to do it. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I, I, uh, I'll be excited to kind of see. I know you always, you always have that one team. I feel like where you know you'll, you'll hit it up in the chat if Mitchell Trubisky's going off. You'll be like, look, I got this Trubisky team <laughs> that's going down right now. I'll be dying. So I'm curious to see that. D bro, welcome back, my dude. We just, we just sitting up here building the team. It was defense. I don't know if you had any, any issues or any things you wanted to talk about there. Yeah, I mean, for defense, y'all hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know what the hell just happened, but you know, you adjust, you overcome. Um, for defense, for me, shit, man, it's it's probably uh, one of two uh, defenses for me. I'm gonna try to get up to the Saints. I think their their ability. I want defenses that can pressure. Chicago can't do that. Tennessee can't do that. Where the shit, all those defenses at the bottom can't pressure to save their damn lives. So. For me, I'm going to try to get to the Saints. I'm going to try to also Steelers. Uh, no, I think the Steelers are going to be the chalk. Ravens. Uh, yes, it's either the Saints or the Ravens. That's the uh, the two teams that I'm probably going to prioritize um, because they both can pressure. They both can uh, create turnovers. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just can't, man, with the Browns and the Titans. Both their defenses have been shown the entire season. Like their bottom five and pressure rates. Uh, hurry rates, quarterback knockdowns, everything. So I want defenses that can get to the quarterback and, and make some things happen. That's how we get the fantasy points. And so, D, we're we're in the build right now. We got a Drew Brees team going with Michael okay. Thomas and Deontay Johnson in the flex. Oof. So how how you feeling? Where you want to go from there, you think? You know what? I'm going to correlate. I'm going to go Nick Chubb. So many stack. Nick Chubb. Yep. I want the mini. Kamara. Let's put in Ebron for now at tight end and kind of see what we're doing. We got Drew Brees, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Ebron, Deontay, wide receiver, wide receiver, and defense open. I'm going to go Marquise. We got 30, 37.50 per position left, wide receiver, and defense left. Um, yeah. This is a Brees team, right? Yep. Let's get wild, baby. I'm going to give us some salary. Get Callaway in there. That frees up. We have 4,400 left for defense, and we can we have Eric Ebron at tight end, so we can play around with that. We can play around with something else. If we go Andrews, that gives us 2,900 for defense over Ebron. I'm good with that. Browns, Maddie? It's Browns, Bears, or Titans? Yeah, yeah, Browns, since we only have one pit. Yeah. Correlate him with Chubb. So we got Breeze, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Marquise Brown, Marcus Callaway, Michael Thomas, uh, Mark Andrews, Deontay Johnson, and Brown's D. Uh, 400 left on the table. We'll go ahead and plug that in. And that is the Sunday slate. Saturday slate. We left no salary. Uh, left a couple hundred on the on the site there. Um, for this one, it's going to be fun to, to see the Sunday builds. So, so guys have fun with it and make sure I didn't say this for the Saturday show, but make sure you guys are monitoring the news. I mean, keeping, keeping tabs on kind of what's happening and what's unfolding, you know, hopefully with the Cleveland Brown situation, I think, you know, they had another, I, I don't know if it was a player or, or coach, but I know they had another issue, um, which kept the, the game Saturday or Sunday night. So I know we have, you know, still some time, but as we get into Friday and Saturday, hopefully they can, you know, keep those things under wraps. It's Stefanski's not going to be um, coaching for this for this game, which we didn't really touch on. But uh, that will be interesting for the Brown side of things to see how they kind of attack. But ha have fun with it. Um, follow along. It's the DJ Nation podcast, guys. You can follow us on Twitter at DJ Nation pod. Um, this was the episode 98. So we are going to hit 100 here before the year is up. It's going to be fun. Uh, NFL DFS wildcard Sunday. You guys got any final words for the people? I didn't uh, let you guys shout out to the people at the end of the last show. But any final words for the people for this wildcard slate in general? Play Michael Thomas.
and enjoy. Go Bears. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> What'd you say, Cap? I said go Bears. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. I can get hey, I don't have it. Listen, my my team, unlike your guys, is actually just just we've been we've been rolling, chilling out for oh, the last fucking God. month. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. So, I, hey, so you you did have something to say. That was not done. Okay. <laughs> hey, Kev, Kev, my team's not playing this week either. We got we both have buys. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I will say this is the only thing I'm gonna say. That is one that star review, so, Maddie. That one, one star. star. Review. I am so fucking tired of hearing people like try to come up with ways how the Chiefs are going to lose and why the Chiefs aren't the best team in the fucking and and certainly the AFC, probably the NFL, you know, and people trying to crown the Bills and everything else. Like I I guess the Chiefs now are just the Patriots dynasty because everybody's trying to find that new team that's going to knock off the sauce is strong tonight. Damn, like who gets one ring and he's talking dynasties. Hey, Y'all gotta tough. make more okay, Super Bowl appearances. Best player in the league. Oh. We have the best quarterback in the league with the best offense I don't in the league. That. Okay, like, <laughs> but people are trying to find unique ways of how all of a sudden Josh Allen's better than Patrick Mahomes and this offense is better than the Chiefs. And get the fuck out of here with that. Josh Allen isn't an MVP discussion. And if we're really being honest, the MVP is fucking Pat Mahomes every fucking year. But like LeBron, we can't give it to Pat Mahomes every year because we gotta include oh, other people. Oh, okay, so that's all I'm gonna say. Chiefs twenty Chiefs twenty one twenty twenty one Super Bowl champs here we fucking go throw your dick on the table that's all you got to do. All I can hey, say if is the Falcons the Saints, if the Falcons had a ball, real baby. coach, Saints will meet you in the bowl. We're gonna have yeah, a really like good Super Bowl pod. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey guys, DJ Nation podcast. Thanks for rocking along with us. We'll be back next week for the divisional round. And uh, shout out to D Bro. Uh, for for making this work, man. We appreciate it. Derek Brown at Debro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. I mean, you know, with the amazing bet this year too that you got off on Kev. You know, if you want to get that in there, Jets over Patriots. How did uh, we that not even was discuss about. that? How the hell did <laughs> I just that had to throw that in here. at the end. That yeah, was no, that it didn't happen. It's all right. Open dope has ever happened ever. Like the entire time, like I'm not betting on the Jets. I, you can go back and listen. It's all there in the receipts. Not betting on the Jets. Not <laughs> betting on the Jets. You will not uh-huh. get me to bet on Adam Gase. But did you bet on Adam Gase? Adam Gase tickled your butthole. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you just kept you kept sticking me, kept sticking me, and I have this like that's you know a what? sweet oh, spot okay, for Kevin. And of course, he says yes. I always got to drop my he nuts tickled. on the table, okay? And I that's what I did, and I fucking immediately regretted the decision. Immediately fucking regretted it after I did it. But you sounds know, you like stick- any team that's ever hired Adam Gase. Y'all share so, something in common. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we could we couldn't let we couldn't let D Bro leave without bringing that up, man. DJ Nation podcast, you guys. We got the part one live for you guys. Go check that out. This is Sunday Slate. Check this out. Appreciate it. Like the channel um, on YouTube. Subscribe. Get all that content there. We got rankings. Hopefully, some DFS content coming to you guys as well this weekend. Signing up for everybody at Derek Brown or D- Derek Brown at Debro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. Go check him out if you guys aren't already. That's a mistake. Maddie Buckets, Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. Mr. Maddie Dickinson himself and Kevin Steele, the Godfather Child. Please at Fantasy Rat Thirteen. Myself, Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore. W. We will see you guys hopefully on the leaderboards. Um, until then, get this money. Peace. Perfect.